for centuries. We've been warned about little green men. Now, they are coming. They're coming for you. Prepare for the attack of the android. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Thursday, June 25th, 2015. This is episode 160, Attack of the Androids. Every week, uh, Thursday evening, still, attackoftheandroids.com. Check it out. Matt Lee, that's Eric. F, what's up, Eric? F? Not much, Matt. I'm, I'm praying to all the gods for a swift and honorable death after the show. Thank you. You look like uh, death is halfway there, so I hope, uh, I hope your makeup crew is on its way. Uh, and to uh, the listeners and the watchers of this, I apologize for Eric's hideous uh, display of of his self here. Also okay. joining <laughs> joining us, Joey Kelly, uh, back from a hiatus. What's up, Joey? Hello. You know, every time you introduce him as Eric F., I want to play that Axel F. by Crazy Frog. Mmm. Mmm. Don't know what you're talking yeah. about there. No. What is that? Also shaking his head, Nick Carroll, not knowing what Joey was referencing there. Nick, how you doing? Hey, how's it going? I think that's the Beverly Hills theme song, or what's known as that, but I don't know for sure. Sounds it familiar. Is, exactly. Okay. Wow. From out of yeah, nowhere. That's nice. I'm, I'm sort of in a similar predicament as Eric. I'm just getting over a cold. That's why my voice is a little more froggy than normal, but glad, <laughs> to, be back. glad to be back. Awesome. Uh, let's see. All sorts of... I mean... Kind of all sorts of, just because we've got a couple weeks to catch up on, but really not not a whole lot. Summertime swing in full effect, upgrade cycles, all that stuff. Uh, some Android Auto stuff, the Kenwood receivers, that we're all very excited to put in our cars, uh, are starting to ship, which is cool. Uh, and, you know, for those of you on the other side of the fence, the Apple CarPlay as well, if you're, you know, into that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, a lot of these... Uh, uh head units that are coming out they're actually dual platform they'll do android and ios just so that there's maximum compatibility why sell a device that can only do one or the other or come out with a brand new car with only one or the other so like i'm personally more interested in the pioneer units that just came out but the kenwood ones uh look pretty good too they might actually be better i haven't completely looked at them yet and these are the expensive like thousand dollar yeah <laughs> i know the ones with pioneer they were of, of the order of like 600 800 and a thousand something like that or no 500 i can't remember but there are like three models yeah and, they're uh, uh yeah. the the ddx 972s is 900 and then the other ones are 950 Ooh. and 1200 which yeah. i i i feel like along with having rims and tires that cost more than the car one should also have a good head unit Ooh. that also costs more than the car so yeah Exciting. I tend to agree. I mean, I spent seventeen fifty on my last SUV. I, I feel compelled to put a six hundred dollar smartphone in it, Bluetooth to a twelve hundred dollar head unit. I mean, at least I believe the uh, the law of class states that it needs to be at least twice what one's mortgage payment would be for a month. Uh, right. And if if you run those numbers. You, you run those numbers, spit out the equation there, and that'll tell you where on the class scale uh, you are as far as your vehicle sitch. So. Which is exactly why my classy SUV has air horns on the roof. Ooh. So, <laughs> Ooh. Was that a, was that a search-specific uh, option? You were like, it needs to be Amazon Prime and come with horns on the roof. <laughs> uh, actually, I had to add the horns afterwards. They're Ooh. on the luggage rack with wire ties, and they don't work. Custom. I like it. Joey's custom wire wrapping there. Yeah. That's Next, cool. it'll be spinners. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, these were the ones that they uh, showed off at CES uh, this last last go around, if you remember, or we're paying attention. While we're while we're ragging on it, in all seriousness, though, this makes an awful lot of sense to have a built-in Android-powered app-updatable head unit. Because the one thing yeah. that I have heard consistently over the decades that I have been intermittently following car audio, I don't constantly follow it, but I pop in and out, and the comment is always the the newest, latest, greatest 
500, $600,000 head unit. And it only does like two things that the last one didn't do. Oh yeah. yeah so wow. if you, you know, if you could just app that, why yeah. not? Well, I mean, what, you know, why have our stereos had to, had to be so stupid? You know, well, because be what was the yeah. what was the the option beforehand? I, I I had a friend that built like an actual little mini ATX computer that ran Linux with a it was a XM XMPP something one of the the whatever the media player was, and that was pretty much the MP3 player that was built yeah. in the car. <laughs> like yeah. it wasn't very ideal, but it worked. You know, I was yeah. forever taking a laptop, putting it in the passenger seat. Yeah. And plugging it into an adapter to put it into the tape deck. Yep. Yeah. For those of you that are over the under the age of twenty, there were these things called cassette tapes. You go yeah, from you go from yeah. cassette deck straight into the headphone jack of the laptop. Yeah. And one then, of the things I did with my Camaro was, you know, I had the Nexus Seven modification that I did, so I had a Nexus Seven basically just underneath my car stereo, and it was synced with Bluetooth. So whenever I put it in the little mount, essentially for the Nexus Seven. You know, it would basically synchronize with Bluetooth stereo. All I got to do is launch the app, you know, and play. So uh, that's to me, that's why this kind of head unit is appealing because it's actually built into the car. You just tie it up with your smartphone and, you know, you can just do everything there. I mean, this in theory gives you your ability to aftermarket add your Ford Sync type capability yeah. Um, I forget what, oh, and GM's got the OnStar thing, but I don't think that that's truly entertainment driven so much. Um, I do, but I believe they've got some sort of phone syncing capability, but in theory, this head unit would give you, or this series of head units would give you that capability. And I know that there's a ton of people out there that have a very strong preference on vehicle brand that don't want to buy a Ford just because, just because it has Ford sync. They want to yeah. buy a Cadillac. And, and have Ford Sync-like functionality. Yeah. And, and and you could count me in that boat. The difference is I'm just not willing to fork over $1,200 for head unit. Yeah, well, a lot of people also don't want to buy a brand-new vehicle to get even a remotely modern you know, car stereo. That's why these head units finally coming out allow the rest of us you know, to get something that we can use. Personally, I'm looking to buy a Model T. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to go backwards to the days of, of hand-cranking and uh, electrical systems that make more noise than most modern toasters. When times were simpler, yeah. Yeah. We used to drive uphill both ways to the gas station with nothing but rags in our tires. And we liked it. Yeah, and we were happy. All right, so... um, Well, on that note... I was going to say, I guess we've beaten that to death. Yeah. Um, did you, did you guys uh, see the? There's a story that a YouTube user named Josh Max uh, has. He's done the unthinkable. He's put Linux or not Linux? Well, kind of Linux. He's put Android onto his uh, TI uh, Texas Instruments calculator. What? Nah. That's yeah, better than Snake. Is. That's way better than Snake. Could you play? Even this is completely untrue. It is completely awesome. That's pretty okay? awesome. Just the idea that you could do this. I mean, I went all through high school once I got a graphing calculator, and I had a graphical user interface on my TI-83+. Plus. Mm. Okay? And I was the only one to have that, and you know, no one else cared, but oh well. Um, I have fond, yeah. fond memories of playing Dope Wars on a TI-82. <laughs> turn yeah. by turn, bud. I, I was more of a sub-hunter. Mm. Yeah. And and of course Snake. And, I wonder now on that 1.6 Android 1.6, could you play the Snake game? I think that was the only game on Android 1.6. Ooh, I remember I. <laughs> this is kind of a, I don't like I. What the story is and what I thought it was going to be are different because I was expecting like the TI-83 Plus or something like that. Um, but this is the N- the TI Inspire CX. Like, what? What the hell is that? That That's past my, uh, my school days. The oh, 92 yeah, came out well right as I was. And I never, I got to play with the 92 and that thing was a beast. It looked like a Game Gear. Two hands. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> But yeah. That was that was becoming the calculator, I think like the next year after I got out of high school. This calculator basically looks like a phone, so you know. Yeah, it's pretty cool. 
Nice. Yeah, sure the Devil is one of those things where he found the oldest version or the newest version of Android that he could fit in either a certain, uh, you know, architecture, amount of RAM, uh, storage space, something like that. Because they're I, all limited on that. Oh, right. On that platform. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, from a practical standpoint, this has no practical use whatsoever no but it's um, it's bragging rights it's like oh yeah i'm yeah. that kid that did that one thing that yeah. one time well and, cool but i love the comments down at the bottom of the article on it it was like but does it run the calculator app Ooh, right Ooh, a calculator app within an emulator within a calculator app yeah, and then someone else suggested that they run the android hp calculator emulator Ooh. and i'm going <laughs> no, 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 no. This could get quite convoluted real quick. Yeah. And we're there. I, I think this kid made the ultimate cheating machine because, you know, you're he's uh, he's already made Wi-Fi work with it via a dongle. So if you just <laughs> be hide the dongle in his hand and then hotspots to his phone, he can Google any answers he wants mm. on his calculator. Yeah, but you're forgetting with the processing power of the calculator, it'll come out like a teletype. Oh, no, the Aspire is actually a dual-core 2 gigs of RAM. It's a beast. What? No, I'm kidding. I have no idea. Oh, it has um, 100 meg of storage, 64 megs of RAM. It's a Commodore. It's just a web browser, folks. It's all it needs. Links, even. You could go links, text space, and be done. Boom. Problem solved. SSH to a screen and do it. Uh, July 27th, and this isn't just a normal release. Remember, this is coming to you in virtual reality, and also maybe real reality, depending on where you live. But the OnePlus 2, which, if my math is correct, that's 3, uh, is going to be unveiled on the 27th. So, uh, Eric, as a OnePlus 1, I'm confused now. What do you own, Eric? Oppo, right, in something? Is that that different? Uh, I think so. Yeah? Are you going to be virtually... Oh, that's cute. Are you going to be virtually attending this with your Moto X? Negative. Mm. I heard, though, I mean, it's supposed to be... The OnePlus One was supposed to be a good phone. Everybody that I know that's had it um, has liked it, and I've known maybe three or four people. Um and uh, I don't know, like they're doing interesting things. The fact that they're talking about that they'll have USB uh, Type C uh, for charging is interesting. You know, sort of like the the next thing on the horizon for Android phones. Um, and uh, I don't know, like I'm just I'm kind of hoping that there's not going to be this like stupid invite system again. Yeah, that's a big thing that that really crippled it the last time. I know they had to, you know, get into business somehow, but they made so many PR mistakes, you know, for for their, their phones. They could have sold them a little more expensive, sold a lot more of them, and probably came out better in the long run. So I, I am also worried they'll this will be limited by the invite system, and there'll be all sorts of crazy, stupid, you know, hoops you need to jump through to get it, you know. So yeah. So is this gimmick? They're like, we're going to announce this in a virtual reality environment. And, you know, if you choose to stream the event, then you can, in air quotes, stand next to our team and our fans and probably our booth babes virtually, right? Uh, and we'll, we'll show you our new shit. Say, so this will be as close as you'll get to this phone in six <laughs> months because it's invite only. Well, yeah. there you go. For six months, if, if ever. Yeah, I I have to... I think that when we talked about this before, that, you know, they were doing that. They did the invite system because it allowed them to, like, slowly ramp up production. Right. They didn't have to have so many upfront costs. Um, I don't know. I think they can do better. I like the idea of virtual booth babes, though. Like, yeah, you've sure. just... You've sold me on attending this, Matt. Mm. Right, and then it it comes with like a a three month free trial to whatever that that campsite happens to be, and and there you go, everyone makes money, yes. right? Well, so I mean, well, I mean, one of the many downsides of the invite system is it took them like nearly a year to get to get off of it. You know, now here's the one plus two coming out, and oh, now you can anyone can just buy the one plus one. So I don't know. 
Well, I'll Thanks. remind everyone that one plus one is two, and one plus three is four. So you know. Well, quick question on, and more of an opinion, uh, go around the horn type thing. Uh, virtual reality, in my opinion, has not really hit, and it might not hit. That's um, well, I mean, I, that's because you haven't, you don't have an Oculus, and you haven't seen what the Gyroptic can do, or what the 360 Heroes can do, or what the Google One, whatever they're making, that you fill with cameras, and it gives you the full. Yeah. What that can do, those paired with the the Oculus as a way to experience that uh, environment is very cool. I, I've seen it a couple times just to play around with, and it, it is after a minute like you forget you're kind of standing there. And I can imagine once it, a, a, a actual version is released, it'll be much better as far as latency and everything. So, yeah, I don't know, man. Well, cons- well the concern though that I have is bandwidth. Um, I mean, how are you going to beam, if you will, enough information to make a virtual ex- uh, virtual reality experience actually work? Mm, I mean, locally, you know, preferably. Yeah, but but I don't want to have a virtual walkthrough of my own house. Yeah, that well, it's going to be it's going to be a similar experience to 4K. I mean, who really is going to have the bandwidth of 4K video? Torrents. So, yeah. But I mean, even that, you know, the type of technology you need to run really good VR is, you know, like a $1,000, $1,200 PC, you know, and that's if one of us builds it. If the average I, person wants to buy a PC that'll run the Oculus Rift at all of the, you know, optimal settings, and you're looking at probably something $2,000 for an average consumer to just pick up at a store. You're looking at an extreme, and this, by the way, goes back into my little comment of uh, several dozen shows back now about how we are not entering a post PC era because the technologies that we're going to be asking our electronics to do are always going to exceed what you can affordably compress into a small package. Yeah. That's why desktops or a, a not necessarily a desktop, but a larger non portable form factor, whatever that ends up looking like, um, will always have at least some use, um, be it for storage, be it for, um, in this case, a virtual reality processing unit, uh, a- anything along that. We're still going to have that use. And um, I-, I know that, um, for instance, in several of the, the, the sci-fi novels that I've read over the years, they, they talk about having a house array. And I go, geez, what's a house array? What's that look like? Well, what it ends up being is it ends up being a house management system combined with a centralized point for uh, security and um, uh, automation and also things like, you know, their access to the Internet and, and whatnot all in one place. So it's basically like their centralized home server. And maybe what we're going to be headed towards is this idea of having mobile devices, laptops, smaller devices, uh, and virtual reality devices that all interface with our quote-unquote house server, and that's and that's where all of the heavy-duty work is actually done. Well, Just that's sort of, yeah, that's sort of where the Internet of Things industry is coming from. All these sort of unique items are going to be all tied together with Internet access. They're all synchronized and stuff like that. You know, VR could potentially go somewhere, and, you know, it's coming, like the Oculus is coming out Q1 of 2016, and uh, but that'll just be essentially a, a first-gen product. Even though there's been a couple of developer kits, couple of developer versions. Another companies like HTC and uh, uh, Valve are coming out with their own sort of VR options, and Samsung and Sony and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's still super young in terms of an industry w- regarding VR, and we're just gonna have to see see it develop. You know, smartphone smartphones developed really quickly over the last five or six years. We may see some, see something similar with virtual reality, and we'll see you know, companies like Oculus and HTC. Maybe they'll be the ones to lead the way here. So, well, and that's the I thing. It is before. it's wicked new still, and you didn't see even streaming to our mobile devices for quite a while after we had mobile devices. So that's why yeah. I mentioned it was just going to be local, at least for now. And then once you know Facebook can figure out how to get Farmville in there streaming it for 8K, whatever, then you yeah. Know. I still think we're going to have to have a fundamental shift in either the cost that people are willing to pay for bandwidth or a radical change in the um, 
uh, in the uh, Eco the, the, the price that is charged for bandwidth in this country before we we see stuff like this happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're seeing I, I, again every different part of the country is is different. I'm in New England. Um, we do tend to be bandwidth poor up here um, because pretty much everything is going out through either upstate New York or through Boston, and you have a choke point basically. And because of that, we have limited bandwidth. I still have a lot of my customers have sub 10 megabit per second connections. And most of my business customers rarely exceed 25 megabits per second. Well, I think what, I think what we'll see is a lot of relatively lower, like more crude apps that don't require a lot of processing power, do not require a lot of network bandwidth. I think we're going to have to get used to this quote-unquote cardboard experience where you have like a smartphone and like a $20 thing that you use with your smartphone and then you get virtual reality that way or Oculus Rift and a handful of PC games tuned for it, you know, where the bulk of the stuff is loaded by disk or downloaded onto the game and you're just dealing with network bandwidth related to like video game, like multiplayer, that kind of thing. But I, I doubt we're going to be dealing with 4K video and all that kind of stuff too much in tandem with virtual reality stuff. So. Yeah. Did you guys see this FLIR thermal camera? The the one it's been out for iOS for a while. Uh, me and Ant got to mess around with it, CES a couple times, and it's really cool. It's kind of expensive, two hundred and fifty bucks. Uh, but basically it plugs right into your USB uh, and it gives your phone thermal infrared. Joey, mute your mic. Imaging. That looks pretty cool. What I was going to say was, not only does it look pretty cool, but this, even at $249.95, this is probably got to be a quarter the price of a dedicated camera, because I can't imagine those goes for less than $1,000 a whack. And at $249 a month, uh, uh, sorry, a unit, you could conceivably put three or four of these on every, uh, granted the phone wouldn't survive it, but if you could harden the phone in some way, you could put three or four of these on every fire truck in the United States for $249 and be able to find people in buildings. I'm not even joking. That could be done as long as the, um, uh, as long as the, as long as the price is right and they could harden the phone. As long as they but were it, streaming to a Galaxy Note, otherwise the <laughs> screen would be too small. <laughs> well, okay, fine. So you need to harden the Galaxy Note. Just but, um, the, uh, but in all seriousness, there are people that do uh, energy audits for people's homes. They go around, they find, you know, where uh, air is leaking through and where their cold spots are. Where spots their, and their insulation. pot grow is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. in all seriousness, that is exactly what they need. And they usually spend anywhere between $500 and $2,500 on a dedicated thermal camera. To do that, and they're not in generally a high risk, high heat environment. So we you should don't even just have to harden them. we should sell them one for five hundred dollars, and then we'll get one for free. Simple, <laughs> simple economics, folks. Works for me. Eric, the do you, do you want one of these? Oh, I'm sorry, go. Eric, do you want one of these? Can't think of a reason why I need it. To see things in infrared, dude. You don't think there was any reason that the Terminator needed it, but they gave him infrared vision anyway. You'd be like a superhero. Okay, Jesus. You could tell you could tell women how hot you are. It's like Hercules over here trying to give people fire, and he's like, well, I don't see why we need that. Because it's cool. Well, it's not cool. It's fire. But you get what I'm saying. It, it's an infrared camera. It. I'm just like, just no, I, I think was... you were. I think you were criticizing it. By your lack of wanting it, you criticized it. Hater. Hater. I think it, does this thing have like, I'm trying, like I'm reading through the comments and I'm guessing no, but uh, does this thing like have a, like a swivel on the connector? No, it's plugged in, like Eric. It. Look at it. Look at the picture. Let me screen share the picture again so you can yeah. see it. Yeah. It doesn't really look like it. I also wonder about compatibility because they're showing it with the Galaxy S6, but I mean, I wonder if you can use it with any phone, you know, what kind of app you need. I guess you'll download a custom app, but uh, their website is pretty funny. It's got a bunch of cartoons and graphics and stuff like that. I, I look at this and say it's a it's a neat concept, but I don't know. I mean, they, they haven't thought about things like that. I really, I don't know that this makes sense to get 
when like I just I just Googled, you know, thermal camera and a the same company, FLIR, they have a standalone one for three hundred and forty nine dollars. So for a hundred dollars extra, I don't have this like janky BS hooked up to my phone. I don't have to screw around with that. I can just hold up the thing and look. And that seems to make more sense to me um, than something like this. I think the advantage to this would be that you could theoretically have an app and it's tied directly to your phone. You have, you know, a cellular connection. So, you know, you could theoretically stream this or maybe the app itself does something. Maybe it's better to update it. Like how, how would you update the standalone unit over time with firmware and, and other features and stuff like that? But one criticism I see leveled against at least one of the comments, comments down below is, you know, some phones, their USB port is the other direction. <laughs> so, yeah, it may not be facing the right way based on what phone you have. So so that would bring up, I guess, Eric's point in a sense that, you know, it'd be nice if, if it could swivel. Well, I haven't used it. Matt, you said it was cool to play with. When yeah, you I mean, just as far as, you know, the 10 minutes we got to mess around with it. And honestly, I I'd probably if I had it, I mean, yeah, like 10 minutes. Oh, that's cool. Done. Yeah, but if this is what you need for work, yeah. um, then, yeah, maybe it's for you. It's definitely neat, though, to see all these these things. Like, this is something that in the past I would have expected to only be on iOS because, you know, manufacturers would only make accessories for iOS. I think that that's got to change. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's starting, but, I mean, Android has proven to be the uh, – it's proven to be, if I might use the analogy, the windows of the smartphone world. It's the default. It's what 90% yeah. of the people have. And if you aren't going to cater to that market, you're basically saying, I'm only going to have 10% of my market base. What happens when the competitor to FLIR comes out with an iOS-only device, but um, FLIR comes out with this Android-based one? You just created an incredible shift in your market. And that isn't to say that one is right or wrong, but the the upshot of the variety of phones that are out there for Android is that that means that the Android platform it becomes the de facto standard. Indeed. Okay, well, sw- let's switch gears a little bit um, because this is exciting news, especially for somebody who used to be on Sprint. Um, Sprint has announced that they're going to stop throttling uh, their customers' unlimited plans, even when they're data hogs, when they're little piggies. I love that. Um, they're like, we're, we're, we just want to make this announcement. We we decide to stop being dicks. Now, we, we recall a year ago when we weren't dicks, we went ahead, we made the transition into becoming dicks. Uh, we were dicks for a while, and well, now we uh, actually got told by the FCC that we're no longer allowed to be dicks. So, well, and and they they weren't really told by the FCC, well, and they said that according to them, they're following the new FCC rules. But it it comes on just on the heels of the FCC issuing AT and T a one hundred million dollar fine <laughs> for some of their shitty practices when it comes to throttling their uh, unlimited customers. Yeah, we might see the same thing happen to Verizon. I haven't been following all the news on that end of the things, but it, where what applies to AT&T could almost certainly be applied to Verizon too. And of course that money will be thus then redistributed to all of the people it was stolen from, right? Yep, exactly. Bloody likely. We're all getting checks? No? Yeah, the public good. No checks? I'm sure the government will get right on that. Just issue some checks. As soon as you patch all those security holes that you keep leaking our data through, go ahead and issue some checks. That would be fantastic. Well, I'm I'm pretty sure that, you know, if if Sprint didn't do this and they got fined, they'd be out of business. I <laughs> I don't think that they have a lot of like you know, just cash lying around. Um this is why they, they were bought by SoftBank and SoftBank is Still, you know, trying to get them, you know, to a place, I think, where they're, you know, competitive with Verizon and AT&T um, or even T-Mobile at this point. I, I got to dispute that slightly, Eric. Most corporations of that size have a corporate insurance policy, and that corporate insurance policy 
oftentimes includes a writer for any kind of fines that may be incurred. So they, if they have that, then this is indirectly passed on to them because the fine would be paid by the insurance company, but then their insurance rates would go up or the insurance company would require them to, to review their practices and, and whatnot. If you would like, they'll still feel it. Sprintwood plus the uh, rates would go up quite a bit. If you would like to check on that insurance policy, it's up here through the 14th floor window. So uh, enjoy that on the way down. Would you insure Sprint? Uh, no, I, I wouldn't yeah. insure. Depends really. on the rate. Well, like life insurance, like I get paid when it dies type of thing? Or what, what kind More of, like, what uh, kind of I'm insurance? I'm charge you 1% of your monthly revenue and I will pay any fines that you may be owed. Mm. Well, that 1%, you know, you figure 1% of your gross revenue for 11 months out of the year, that's got to be several million at least. And if I'm gaining several million a year and I have to pay out 100 million once, eh, I'm going to look at that. It's it's all like store shop windows and baseball bats. I mean, it would be a shame if this nice window here were to get broken out. So you could pay us uh, every month. And hey, maybe they won't. You know, things break. I mean, you know, Colonel, uh, you know, tanks fall apart. You know, uh, your troops get lost. I Windows mean, are made out know, of glass. Glass is very fresh. You've got fresh. a nice army base here, Colonel, but it'd be, it'd be a shame if, you know, people started going missing. Mm-hmm. Eric, did somebody buy your Ouya? Am I, did I read that correctly? I know this is kind of older news, but did... Did somebody actually buy your your Ouya? Did you have it up on Craigslist, or what happened? Yeah, I mean, not not my Ouya, though. Oh. I can see where you would have gotten confused. Oh, somebody bought everybody's Ouya. <laughs> All the Ouya. <laughs> All the Ouyas. Uh, the and Ouya. It was Razor. Huh? Didn't we kind of so, mention that a while ago, and that like they should do that, or I don't remember. They were like. Somebody needed to. Uh, there was a story um, some shows back where uh, Ouya was sort of like fishing around for somebody to buy them. Mm. And, and Razor's you know, the only was, one that returned their phone call. <laughs> I got to think that there were probably a lot of lowball offers um, because there's still you're still buying a you're still buying a brand that people know the name of. Like, I mean, like it's a. It, it's still worth something. It's just not worth a lot. Describe the first and, three feelings that your feelers feel when you hear the word "ooh yeah," Eric. Um, sort of an achy feeling. Ooh, in in, in my, this area, in my heart, <laughs> my achy, <laughs> breaky heart. You poor you, guy. You know that the only reason why they bought this was some executive grew up in the '80s and wanted to be able to walk into a into a uh, board meet, room meeting wearing the uh, suit from the uh, uh, oh crap the um, oh that punch guy. Ooh, three seconds uh, on the clock. Three. You know the the two, uh, what's his face? The whole, one, not Hawaiian. Dirt. Nope. Thanks for playing though. Help me out. It's harder to come up with those things when people are counting down seconds, I feel yes, like. Yes, I've noticed that. What the heck was that thing? It wasn't a Hawaiian punch. It was um, the Kool-Aid guy. It was Kool-Aid guy, damn Kool-Aid it. Kool-Aid guy. So, oh, so yeah. I to walk in and go, oh, yeah, at a boardroom meeting and walk out. That was all he wanted to do. That's why they bought the thing. That's, oh, yeah, that's not Kool-Aid. Different companies. But I appreciate the the busting through boardroom walls well, yelling. I mean, oh, yeah. doesn't have a completely tarnished name yet i mean it's it's kind of you know symbolized with uh a console that you know failed to take off but you know razor may you know get whatever patents they can from it or just try to build a better ouya or maybe have their own ecosystem of software they can push on their own products but Ooh. you know we were told a couple of years ago that ouya would have a, a sequel a year later you know more powerful hardware and that still hasn't occurred so maybe razor will make that happen Ooh, eric if you could build a better ooh yeah, what would you what would you put in it? Games. Ooh, yeah, I like yeah. that. Games. Ooh. That's nice. See, I, I think that the ooh yeah got killed by the Amazon Fire TV. The ooh yeah was think the dead. Ooh yeah got killed by the fact that it was a shitty device. Yeah, like it just well, I, it was, was half baked. Long like before. The, <laughs> 
Yeah, it, it was a neat idea, and I totally, I totally love the idea of like you know sort of the modular, moddable, uh, you know, Android gaming device as long as it's cheap. Um, but when you're charging people fifty dollars for like really, really crappy um, like controllers, granted they could go out and they could get an Xbox 360 controller and pair it up, but you're still putting your name behind something that's of really shoddy quality. Um, I, I think that what Razer could do uh, and what, you know, they're trying to compete with NVIDIA. Um, they've just put the Razer Forge TV into the Google store. Yeah. I think that they could take the next thing in the pipeline. They could slap the Ouya's name on it, the Razer oh. Ouya or whatever, and, you know, try to ride that wave as far as it takes them um, and create an ecosystem the same way that NVIDIA has. Yeah. I think that's I the way they they'll be, be successful. I mean, I'm optimistic, but I was optimistic last time, so I'm a little bit less optimistic. <laughs> optimistic, but hurt. Yeah. And I've, uh, I just got the uh, NVIDIA Shield um, console or TV, whatever the hell it is. Um, Do you love it? Like a few days ago. It's, it's very good. I'm still on the fence of, you know, is it, is it really a better experience than just getting a Roku for, you know, Part of the cost? Oh, I don't know. Um, you better send it to me so we can have a discussion about it. <laughs> That's a great Honestly, idea, Matt. Right now, and I've been looking at this, skip the Roku. Not even kidding. Get an Amazon Fire streaming stick if you want the low end, or get an Amazon mm. Fire TV if you want a better machine. Well, and they are better than the Roku, and they are the same money. Neither of which are the NVIDIA Shield console, though, which... It's shield. The HDMI sticks are nice, but if you're doing any if you're doing any streaming like from Plex, they tend to choke on that sort of thing. And even if you're not streaming from Plex, if you're doing a lot of streaming, like I've I have the Fire Stick in my office, and I, you know, if I'm working on something, I might stream some music or watch Netflix, and it is not like it chokes up sometimes. Um, and the Roku for the, you know, I can't think of the Roku doing that. Um, I think the Roku has a tighter experience, though the Amazon Fire uh, ecosystem is very closely behind it. Um, but I still think, like, if I had to recommend um, for somebody, to, if they wanted, like, a thing for movies and, you know, streaming Netflix and they wanted a separate thing, a Roku 3. I think that that is still the gold standard, though this NVIDIA device is... Very, very close. It's a really nice experience. Better than a Chromecast. Yes. And it, and it has uh, it has the, whatever you call it, the castability built in, too. Ooh, yeah. I like that. Now, what can I expect to spend on one of these, uh, one of these things here? I think it's $199 for the 16 gigabyte uh, version, and mm. it's $299 for the Pro, which is mm. 500 gigs. Mm, I could buy three yeah. game cubes in a Wii from the pawn shop for that price, but hey, you could. Heck, for the low end one, you could buy yourself a nice Chromebook, which I happen to know will uh, with an HDMI port, which does an awful lot of streaming. Yep, already yeah. doing that. Yeah, and then yeah, and the experience you can take it away is... from the TV and do something with it, unlike it being a paperweight. Yeah, that's not. I think that's a false comparison. There though. is something like, to be said about having just the Chromecast plugged in all the time and not having to f with it and being able to cast from your Chromebook or your phone or whatever. And I've installed some games like, like Doom Three. You can get Doom Three for this. You can get some other things. That experience is very nice. Um, better than the Ouya with the game controller. Oh hell yeah. Way better than the Ouya, and it's like it's smooth. Um, I I was chatting with Shane Brady about this because he was like, he thought it was so cool, like he's playing the original Doom on his on his TV. Uh, I'm just like I'm playing, you know, Doom Three is not a new game, but it's way more modern than the original Doom, and <laughs> yeah. it looks great. It's really smooth. You can stream. Like I'm gonna be hooking it up. Uh, I just got my five gigahertz oh. Wi-Fi set up, so I'm gonna be streaming. PC games from my uh, desktop into the living room and playing it on the Nvidia Shield. Um, it's it's a solid device. I don't if you're not if you're not going to do all this stuff with it, still just get a Roku three if all you want is Netflix. Um, but if you're if you want to like play games, if you want something that 
is a little bit beefier as, as far as like processing power. It's a really nice device and it looks great too. It doesn't look like a, you know, stupid piece of junk sitting on your you ooh, know, TV stand. Like a ooh yeah or a Q even. Whoa. Hey, you just stop that hurtful, hey, hurtful words hurt. It's okay, bud. It's okay. Uh, let's see. Oh, did you notice the clock app has changed? What? Yeah. I think, uh, more of the, yeah, some of you are never going to see material design in Lollipop, so we're just going to update all the apps so that it's pretty much the same thing. I mean, you know. Yeah, I use, I use the clock app, like, religiously because it's my alarm clock. And yeah, same else here. For me here, so... Um, the, the main advantage to it now is it's available to everyone. You can just go to the Google play store and download it. So even if you don't have a, uh, have it on your, your, uh, phone, maybe it's not a Nexus or something like that. You can get, get this clock, the latest version from the play store. It's called clock <laughs> and it tells you the time among other things. I think it's just another example of, um, you know, Google splitting off their stuff. Yes. Yeah. There's a an AOSP clock. So now there's an AOS, AOSP clock and a separate distinct Google clock. So the AOS, I mean, not that you really need a lot of features for the AOSP clock, but I don't think they're going to be putting uh, any, if, you know, much effort at all into the AOSP version. They're just going to start focusing on this. Yeah, we'll probably see more apps do the same thing over time. It's just been a consistent, you know, thing for Google. We've been. It's good. I like it that way better. Better than having to wait and then being really angry about not getting updates because your Moto X has a X8 in it and not any other kind of processor, which is fine. Whatever. <sighs> Whatever. Inbox, using some natural language stuff to identify things about your life and then uh, give you helpful you know, little reminders here and there about it. I noticed that you need to go sign divorce papers at 3.15. Uh, you better leave because you don't want to be late for that. Stuff like that. If it was in an email yeah. it would, you know, do that. <laughs> don't they already... I mean, they, they've already been doing this. For some email, things, right? They? For like shipping notifications, things like that. They started out with, you know, things that were obvious, right? Things that had, uh, uh, like, stuff that would let you know in the subject line. It's like your shipping stuff, obviously. It was like shipping notification. But now it's doing it with things that are just in messages between, like, say, me and you or whatever, which is interesting. Yeah, I like how it works with Keep, for example, because I think me and Matt at least use Keep Love quite Keep. a bit. Love and to have that built into it, and you can swap between, you know, Keep and the Inbox app would be cool. I haven't been using Inbox, but this makes it more enticing to me, at least. So I did dip back in, and I just, I don't know. I, I have my regular Gmail client set up the way I like it, so it's just easier to do that. But I do like it. It's cool. I get the idea. I, I like what they're doing with it. I just, that's not the way I use my, my client. And I need it when I swipe to delete stuff, you know? That's all. I think that they're, I don't know, like I, people have been talking that Inbox is sort of like Gmail 2.0 or 3.0 or whatever, like it's the next iteration of Gmail. I kind of think, you know, after seeing stuff like this, I kind of think it's more, it's more the testing ground for them. I cannot imagine them like replacing Gmail with Inbox. Like this, this is overly complicated, I think, for most people. I would be furious, Eric. Furious. So would I. Simply furious. So you don't use it anymore. No, I... I, like, I used it for a little bit. I don't think anybody on this show uses it at primary. I used it primarily for a while, and then it started kind of being buggy, so I went back to the regular Gmail client, yeah. and then so I've kind of... Yeah, for me, I was using the, that email client, really, the default Gmail email client, whatever you call it, <sighs> for both work and personal... So for me, I would just switch between accounts. And for me, I didn't want to necessarily mess with another app when I have one app doing all that. So other, can Inbox work with other types of email, like Exchange or anything like that? I'm not sure. If it did, it'd be right in the settings. You oh, know. Okay. But I don't, I don't no. think so right now. 
Inbox is it's only for Gmail. For Google. Okay. Bro, it barely works with my Gmail, okay? <laughs> yeah. Let's throw Microsoft into that mix and Let's just have a complete cluster. Not Sounds ever. great. Hell yeah. Oh, what else, Eric? Do you want to talk about this lovely Indiegogo phone that is just packed to the gills with... I noticed we skipped over the link to check on your Fi invites. Oh, yeah. You should... Because I don't have to. Why? (laughs) Because, here it is, folks. The Nexus 6 with Google Fi right here in living color. Yes. And I'll tell you what, I don't know why I ordered the 64 gig. Um, I'm not sure. Well, that's not what I was going to say why to. I ordered the 64 gig, and it arrived with a care package. It arrived with a complimentary case in white. Uh That's cool. Okay. It arrived with a special set of earbuds with a Y in it so that you can plug in another set of earbuds so that you can play your music really, really, really loud to two people at once. What? Notice how this is in the wrapper still because this is like useless for me. <laughs> That's pretty cool, but, though. But it arrived with a special Project Fi rechargeable battery pack. Well, that's pretty good. Those are extra value ads, as you might say. Yes, unfreaking believable. Included one amp and two point one amp battery uh, uh, USB ports right there. Um, I forget how long they say this thing's going to last. Um, 6,000 milliamp. That's pretty dope. So that's, I think, what, twice over what the phone probably has? So what is it again? You you skipped over what it is. Oh, it's a battery pack. It's an auxiliary battery pack so that you charge this up before you leave, and then you plug it into the phone when the battery on the phone dies, and you've got another... I think there's. I think it's only a two thousand or three thousand milliamp battery in the phone. So this is twice what the phone has in your hand, mm-hmm. and you can charge up. You can charge up anything. It doesn't have to be the phone. But this was all just included. Um, I didn't even ask for it. I didn't even know it was coming. So I am impressed with um, Google for this. So shout out to the boys. Um, so how how is the service, Joey? The, now that we now that we have the uh, so they gave you the care package, which is kind of cool. What is what is the actual service like? Is Project Fi good enough for prime time? We don't know yet. I literally got this today. Um, here's the good news: it uses two different cell carriers to uh, switch off between, so that you have a better service experience. The two carriers are unfortunately T-Mobile and Sprint. So we signed with the bottom end of the list. Um, Sorry, folks. That's just the way it is. But here's what I have been using Republic Wireless now for, jeez, months, years now. I'm trying to remember. Um, Yeah, over a year. Well over a year. you You went straight from Republic to this. I haven't yet. I, I still have my Republic phone. I'm still working yeah. with, with with this. I'm in my two week little. You can send it back if you don't like a thing. Um, so I'm I'm trying to feel it out. But here's what I've noticed so far, because it's using both T-Mobile and um, uh, the, the, the Sprint. I've essentially increased my coverage area by a good 20 25 percent in this area where I get really good Wi-Fi, uh, a really good uh, roaming internet. Second of all, this thing has 4G, and it's enabled, and it uses the LTE when I have it available, versus my Moto G from Republic Wireless, which is limited to 3G, and if you want 4G, you have to pay more through Republic Wireless to get it. This is included. You pay $10 for every gigabit of data that you you get. Um, So if I go... For a two gigabyte plan, I pay twenty dollars a month. If I go for a one gigabyte plan, I pay one three thirty. There you go. You get a rebate every month on data that you don't use. So, say I buy a three gigabyte plan for thirty dollars of data, um, and I use a gig, I end up getting a twenty dollar rebate on my either next service or they kick you a credit or something. I don't know how that works yet. 
So the nice part is that you're not going to pay for data you don't use. I have been using about a half a gig every month, give or take, on my Republic wireless phone. Part of that has been because I have had such a hard time getting coverage in the areas that I go because they just don't have Sprint Towers. So my hope is that by adding T-Mobile to this, I'm actually going to be increasing my personal bill from $24.95 a month to $30 a month total, but I'm going to wind up having a better experience out of it. Yeah, one, using- one, of the key, one of the key points about the Google Fi services, it, it uses the fastest available option. So if T-Mobile becomes your fastest option of the two possible signals you get, you will switch to that. Right. And the other thing I've noticed is that unlike Republic Wireless, if you're on Republic Wireless and you're making a phone call on Wi-Fi and then you walk out of the Wi-Fi zone or the Wi-Fi gets bad or anything happens, the it will switch you to a cell phone tower. But it will never switch you back. If the, if the Wi-Fi comes back on or you walk into another Wi-Fi while you're still on the call, it will never switch you back on the Wi-Fi. It will always keep you on the cell until uh, that call finishes. Oh, yeah, that's not good. Which is both good and bad. It has its pluses. It has its minuses. Google Fi, however, and I had it happen to me today. I rolled into the driveway. I was on cell. I walked into the house. It switched to the, my uh, internal Wi-Fi, yeah. and the phone cut over. Yeah, it's my understanding it'll switch to Wi-Fi by default, but when you lose Wi-Fi, it'll hit the strongest signal that it gets from whichever tower, either T-Mobile or Sprint. So So thus far, I'm impressed um, because right here, the Sprint signal in my my home is very poor. The T-Mobile, I don't really have a good feel for because the second this thing catches Wi-Fi, it shuts down the cell modem completely, uh, basically. So I don't even have a signal mobile. I would have to unplug my my uh, wireless access points in order to give you an out an honest answer as to how well the AT&T or excuse me the T-Mobile signal works here. But um, I'm impressed. The phone is incredibly fast, incredibly nice. Um, going from to give you a size comparison. Yeah, I was going to say the the G is not nearly as impressive as the the six on many levels. <laughs> Moto G, Nexus six. Yeah. Do we see a size difference? Yeah, size, um, speed, yeah. Yeah. Um, the camera on this thing, and I realize you don't buy a smartphone for a camera, um, but I'm on the smartphone photographer's Google group. This, the camera on this thing absolutely sucks for anything other than low-rent pictures. Yeah, I think it, it's, it, like it, a, it's like a 5-megapixel shooter, and I don't remember yeah. if it even has autofocus. It, it has a fixed focus, and that's it. And there's no way to play with it. You can't put an app on it. You can't change it. It is fixed. That's it. So if you try to go one notch past or, a normal photos, forget it. It's useless. I see this why they call that phone and, Shamu now. I never understood that until now. Because it kind of sorry, looks what? like the, 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 the phone you have. They call it Shamu. Oh, yeah. It's big. But oh, yeah. and it's got the it's white with the black, uh, yeah, yeah, all sorts but, of things. Question for you: the the actual Fi service. Do you have a Project Fi app on there, or like yes. how is this? Is it just a SIM card? Okay. There's, so can you talk a little bit about what that Project Fi app is? Um, okay. Well, the the Project um, Fi idea is Google basically stepping into the cell phone world. Um, to, as a provider, as opposed sure. to just a provider of hardware. Um, you can buy a uh, Project Fi SIM card, but right now the only phone that the Project Fi works on is the Nexus 6. So you have to have a, uh, a Nexus 6. You have to be accepted into the beta program, and uh, you can either buy a SIM card or you can buy a phone directly from uh, Google Fi. If you buy it direct, it will come with a Project Fi app. If you buy it, if you already have it, um, then you have to download the Project Fi app. And what and what does that app do? That's my question. Like, do do you go into the app at all, or does it just sit there? It just sits there. It's like the Chromecast app, right? Maybe when you need some settings or whatever, or does, maybe does it, run, does it does it run all the time? Like, is it something like it's in the notification menu, or is it doesn't a... show up in the notification window, okay. um, which is interesting because the uh, the Republic Wireless app does. 
and it gets really annoying after a while because you're getting constant notifications for something that you really don't care that much about usually. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, the, the Project Fi app, it gives you your uh, data plan usage for the month, uh, your, your cycle. It gives you the ability to change your plan, um, your ability to change your payment method. Uh, let's see. That's a, I mean, there's other different things you can change. You can check your statements, um, including taxes, what that's going to look like. And there's a support link where you can send either an email or make a phone call. And the phone call actually doesn't work. It sends you into their FAQ at the moment. I actually called them today and told them that that didn't work. So hopefully they'll get that fixed. But um, yeah, it's 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 a management type of app. It doesn't actually seem to interact with the phone on a conscious level, if you will. It must be working with it behind the scenes and transparently in the background. Mm. Yeah. So for I mean the by the way I apologize if I misrepresented the cost a little bit earlier. The base plan for Fi is twenty dollars a month, unlimited calls, unlimited texts. And yeah. I think it's unlimited in international texting, too, which I don't need, but I guess if you have a lot of friends in other countries, it might be useful. Um, the uh, And then on top of that, you get to pick how much data you want, $10 a gigabyte after that. So I'm on a one-gig plan. Uh, my total bill is going to be $30 plus taxes and fees. Wow. What, what, what exactly do you do with that gig? I mean, I would imagine you spend it all in one place, but probably a couple. <laughs> Uh, in all honesty, I have been running about a half a gig because I spend so much time um, per month, that is. I spend so much time in my home office surrounded by Wi-Fi mm. or at customers' locations surrounded by Wi-Fi. So I really have had a hard time justifying going with, uh, like, for instance, a Verizon or a U.S. Cellular, which are the two best carriers up here. Um, you generally are going to pay about $40 a month base, and you're generally going to pay around 20 to $30 a month for data, and generally the smallest chunk you're going to get is a two gig, and I would only use a quarter of that. Yeah, so really. with with Fi, you actually get a rebate for how much you don't use. So if yeah. I'm buying a one gig plan, but I only use a half a gig, I get five dollars back. Yeah, you're really only going to cut into it if you do a lot of video or multimedia streaming, you know, or even just music streaming. So you just use a bunch of text-based apps, check your email, maybe text people. Hangouts, you know, text, yeah. So one one quick comment before we wrap up. Um, I ever since we heard about this, I've been very curious um, as to whether or not uh, Project Five will work with my Moto X, um, given that it's just the shrunken version of the Nexus Six. I just went to the Google Play site uh, and clicked on the whole like install for the Project Five app. And it says that my Moto X is compatible for the Project Fi app, so they're not locking it out. I'm very curious. I need to get one of these SIM cards and pop it in and see if it actually works. Yeah, I'm at, on the at waiting. At the moment, list. it is. In, yeah, I was gonna say it is invite only. You have to be approved. Um, and to be honest, I only signed up for this. Jeez, uh, it, it wasn't really all that long ago. I could not have been the first one in the gate, so to speak. Um, but. What the heck is so funny, Matt? <laughs> He's literally falling out of his chair. I can't even. Sorry. This chair's, what very, did I say? This chair's very squeaky. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right, Eric, we have to wrap this up. I'm sorry. What, what is your final thoughts on this? Um, yes. I think that I think that that's that's it. That's awesome. Do we have an email address? Those of you that would like to send Matt a can of WD forty, his address is at the end of the show. Absolutely, Eric. Email address. (laughs) Matt, our email address is show at attackoftheandroids.com. I like it. I like it a lot. All right. Uh, Attackoftheandroids.com. We're on Stitcher, iTunes, uh, Google+, Facebook, Twitter, and all that. So uh, thanks for listening. Have a great evening. Bye.
Thanks for listening to Attack of the Androids. You can join us every week at www.attackoftheandroids.com slash live. 